Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. And uh, we're just chatting about the last few weeks, chatting about messages and chatting about some of the things that we'd, we'd really felt God speaking to us as a church over the last couple of weeks. And as Kylie and I were, were chatting, we're talking about that, that deep reliance that Abraham had on God. And, and we, we're throwing around the, the concept of the fact that, you know, Abraham's reliance on God through this season is in a, you know, back those days, we're, we're talking prior to dropping in and going and seeing my GP. There's no doctors to go and see uh, back in these days. There's no IVF to help a, a 100-year-old have a kid. You know, there, there's none of the, the things that we see in this day and age that would make this our work. And, and we're talking about the reality of how, how, how difficult that is to, to really comprehend that he had a deep trust in God because he had to. He had a deep trust in God because he needed to have a deep trust in God. Have you ever noticed through the Word of God how many times God uses the barren? How many times God uses the broken? How many times God uses the lost to, to first and foremost, to give the people of God a depth of reliance on God. You notice that? You go through the Word of God, you see it so many times. There's that depth of a need. God, I need you because I'm barren. God, I need you because, you have, because situations haven't changed. God, I need you because brokenness has been a long-term scenario for my life. And we're, we're talking around this concept that how often God does that, but He also does it to show His great wonder. He does that to show the great power of God. And, and I look across this room and I, I see a group of people that have gone through seasons and challenges. And some of them have been long seasons and challenges. And he's used it to show his great wonder in your life. I know he's done it in me. I know he's done it in you. I know he's done it in many of us in this room. And Kylie and I, as we talked around this, Kylie dropped this great statement. I don't know if she read it somewhere. Uh, I told her I was going to steal it. Uh, and she said this. She said, wouldn't it be great if God was our first resort, not our last resort? I thought that was quite profound. She may tell you later on that she read it in a book before work in the morning. She was waiting for a moment to use it. I'm not sure if that's the case. But I thought it was profound. Wouldn't it be great if God was our first resort, not our last? Now, in this day and age, we've got our doctors. In this day and age, we've got our credit cards. In this day and age, we've got somebody that we're going to for help in all the different situations. We've got Google in this day and age to look for our answers. We've got the internet to do that. You have wonderful medical breakthroughs and praise God for all of those things. I am grateful for the internet and Google. I am grateful for wonderful GPs. I'm grateful for all of that. But isn't it incredible how those things tend to lead us to having God as our last resort? God, I need an answer. Let me just Google for a moment. God, I need a breakthrough. Let me go and see somebody else. And if that doesn't work, God, I come back to you because you become my last resort. I thought it was a profound statement from Kyle's to make that statement that God, you would be my first resort. But unfortunately, sometimes God just is our last. And he allows life to draw us back to him. He allows life to come back and lead us back to faith and lead us back to hope in Him. Lead us back to the challenges. And we see that in the life of this guy called Abraham. We've spent a bunch of time looking at him over the last couple of months. We've spent some time in the book of Genesis. We've spent some time 
in the book of Hebrews. We spent some time in the book of Galatians. And I want to wrap it all up uh, again with the Apostle Paul as he takes us into the book of Romans. And he writes to the church in Rome, a, a group of people that were made up of, of Hebrews, of, of Jewish people that had fled persecution and made their way to Rome. But the church is also made up of Gentiles that are now there together, gathered into what is called the Church of Rome. He writes to them in Rome and he speaks to these people. Again, some of them had a depth of understanding of Jewish culture and understood Abraham and understood the promises of God. But many others were coming and joining this church with no concept and, and understanding of what it was to understand and know the promises of God for their life. Now he writes to them. And in the start of Romans chapter 4, he begins to introduce the topic of Abraham and how Abraham grasped the promises of God. Now he writes again to a group of people that were mixed. Again, the Jewish people understood the law. Many of them understood the power of the law and what that meant. They would have lived by the law. They would have been circumcised at a young age. They would have outworked the law in their lives. But now he writes to these Gentiles that have joined them in the church. And he says to them, listen, you're justified by faith. It's faith that brings justification to your lives. It's faith that brings justification to who you are. And he talks about the fact that, listen, Abraham received the promises not before uh, him being circumcised. It was in faith that he received these great promises. I want to pick it up uh, in verse 16 of chapter 4. And it says, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Listen, if you have a Bible, physical, underline that right there. If you're looking on your phone, put your finger on it. If you're looking to the screen, just go like this. No, don't do that. That would be really weird. I want you to hold there because we're coming back to it. To the seed, not to those who are of the law, but to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Listen, there is so much in these two verses. I don't have the time to really pull these verses apart. I wish I did. Listen, in the month of July, uh, one of our great members of our church is actually going to spend some time in the book of Romans. If Ike, you want to give us a wave up the back? Uh, at 8.30 through to about 9.30, he's actually going to, in our second auditorium, going to spend some time doing some teaching on the book of Romans. And if you would like to get some deeper understanding of the book of Romans, he's going to do this and I think going to do a wonderful job through the month of July. Uh, not, not just a service, it's more just a, a moment of teaching and deeper teaching. If you want to come and get that before you go to service, it's going to be a really cool time. I don't have the time to go into the depth that he will do over those five weeks in July. But let me just for a moment pull apart a little bit of this because we're going to keep walking through Romans chapter 4. In verse 16, he makes that statement, be sure, uh, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Listen, you sit in this room and are the seed of Abraham. Listen, this tells us of the great power of seed. It was the seed of Abraham that we see outworked in Isaac, the son of promise that flows through David, flows through to Jesus, the great son of promise that was there for our lives. And now 
Paul, writing to the Roman church, intertwines the power of the seed of Abraham, the promise that was given to him, the promise for redemption, the promise for salvation, that now comes all the way into Rome, comes all the way into the Gentile people where he says, because of the seed that was in Isaac promised, that seed now goes to all of us. Listen, you sit in this room as all of us, whether you come from, uh, born here in this country, whether you're born overseas, whether you're born a Jew, whether you're born a Gentile like me, we now are the seed of Abraham. Listen, this is a beautiful truth and a foundational promise for my life and for your life and to great depth of understanding that we need to know the power that we are intertwined into the seed and the promises that were given to Abraham. Listen, for you and I, we're going to get this is for us. He says, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, because, because Abraham becomes the father of us all. He becomes the father of many nations. Listen, this promise was given to the Jews, but it spread through Christ. It spread through the Apostle Paul now right across the entire world. He says, in the presence of him whom believed. And believed what? He believed God. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Listen, we often think, what, what would I meditate on to really grasp the fullness of what God can do for my life? Listen, we, we, we think on things. I was talking to somebody just the other day. They're like, oh, you know, I'm struggling to sleep at night because my mind's just going wild. Listen, if you want to send your mind wild thinking on something, send your mind wild thinking on what this means for your life. He believed God who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. If you want to send your mind thinking on something, send your mind thinking on this. I am of the seed of Abraham, whom through faith connected himself to the promises of God. And those promises of God came through this. He's the one who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Listen, there is a promise right there for my life and for your life. If you want to let your mind go wild, go wild on this, that there are great promises that are attached to my life through the fact that Abraham was my father. And there is great promises for me. And the God that I worship and the God that I have faith in is a God that gives life to the dead and calls those things that don't exist. Listen, what what are the things in my life that don't exist? What are the challenges in my life that I need right now? Listen, we, we spend so much time meditating on the family challenges that we have going on. We spend so much time meditating on the work issue that is so big. We spend so much time just thinking on the financial situation that we have and we're not happy about. We spend so much time thinking on our health and getting caught in the, in the challenges there. We spend so much time in the emotional challenges that exist around our lives, meditating on those. Listen, if we were to come back into this passage of Scripture right now and spend just a moment, spend a week meditating on that. Just spend a week thinking of God that gives life to the dead. Thinking of my God that calls things that don't exist as if they were. 
that speaks to that child that's not walking with Christ and speaks to that dead life, that dead faith, and speaks to it and says, life, come back again. That is the God who speaks into my financial situation right now and calls things that don't exist as though they exist now. If we would just meditate upon that, think upon it. Whilst we're trying to sleep at night, we can't sleep because we're thinking of the great miracles that God's about to do in our lives. We're thinking of the great miracles He's about to do in our kids. We're thinking of the great miracles He's about to do in our marriage, the great miracles He's about to do in my finance, the great miracles He's about to do in my workplace. Verse 18. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that He became the Father of many nations, according to... To what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Can, can I walk slowly through this? I need to. I need to go slow. I can't rush this for a second. I need to just walk slowly through this verse. He says this: Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Listen. That, that is a contradiction of itself right there. If you read this verse, you will read a contradiction. The New Living Translation says this, Even when there was no hope, he had hope. The Living Bible says it this way, Even though such a promise couldn't come to pass, he had hope. What an incredible statement. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life? Oh, God, I can't see a possible way that this outcome could change. But he says this, even when we can't see a possible way that the outcome could change, he remained in hope. I don't know about you, but I've had many of those situations in my life. And, and these are the situations then I read continually through the Bible that God takes us to so that we stay in hope. So that we don't just stay in hope in me. So we don't just stay in hope in the doctor. So we don't just stay in hope in the, in the financial situation of the world around us, but we stay in hope in Him. My message today was simply entitled this, Having Hope When There's None. Having Hope When There's None. He says this, who contrary to hope, who when there was no hope, in hope he continued to believe. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Again, this is another moment for sticking your finger on this line because we're going to stop here for a second. According to what was spoken, what did Abraham put his hope in? Listen, i tell you what he didn't put his hope in. He didn't put his hope in his own body at the age of 100. He didn't put his hope in his 90-year-old wife. He didn't put his hope in the, the fruitfulness of his situation because there was no hope existing there any longer. What did he put his hope in? He didn't put his hope in the fact that there was a witch doctor down the road that could come and give him some rhinoceros like crushed up nose to eat and become virile. He didn't put his hope 
in little blue pills that can help him at the age of 100. A couple of you giggled like you know what I'm talking about just there. He didn't put his hope in those things. What did he put his hope in? Listen, Paul tells us what he put his hope in. You should have your finger on that in your Bible. According to what was spoken. His hope, his hope wasn't in the situation. His hope wasn't in outcomes that are coming through the situation. His hope was in what God had spoken to his life. Listen, what I love about what Kylie said was that he wouldn't be our last resort. He'd be our first resort. Coming to the fact of what has God actually spoken for my life and for my situation. Listen, when there's no hope, we must come to what God says. I remember speaking uh, to one of my great heroes of the faith, a man who actually spoke here last year, uh, Pastor Jeff Woodward. He's a great man of God. And I remember him telling me a few years ago when he went through uh, uh, bowel cancer. I remember him saying, the first thing I did is I just stopped and I prayed and said, God, what's going to be the outcome of this? He heard God and God so clearly said, I'm going to lead you through, but it's going to be painful. He said, in the middle of the pain of treatments, in the middle of the pain of what the next couple of years were for me, I knew that God was going to lead me through, and I didn't doubt that. Listen, that is impossible to grasp the fullness of that understanding unless you're in the middle of it yourself. But you may not be in Pastor Jeff's situation, but you're in yours. Whatever your situation is today, what is the Word of God for the situation that you're in? Listen, Abraham had heard God's Word and there was no hope in the situation. But contrary to that, he remained in hope because God had spoken. Our challenge is this. We're trying to go through situations. We're trying to find hope, but we haven't found God's Word. Listen, the power of the challenge, the power of the hardship, the power of no hope is the fact that we stop and say, God, what are you saying now? What do I need to hear from you right now? Listen, in those places, it's painful and it's difficult, but it's actually one of the most exciting places of our life. Because those places lead us to prayer like never before. Those places lead us to fasting. They lead us into passion. They lead us into de desperation. They lead us into being at church every single week. Here's our issue. When through hope we receive the blessing, do we stay in those places of fasting and prayer? Stay in those places of connection with God. Stay in those places of, of just hearing His voice and, and being desperate for what He's got to say for our life. He says, through hope, contrary to hope, He remained in hope because He became the Father according to what was spoken. What was spoken, so shall your descendants be. When he looked to the stars, God had already spoken it and he held on to that. Christine Pulsifer said this, faith is unseen, but it's felt. It's felt, sorry. Faith is strength when we feel we have none. Faith is hope when all else seems lost. Have you ever been in that place where everything seems so lost, but you can feel that faith stirring in your heart because you've heard God. He goes on in verse 20. He says, He did not waver at the promise of God 
through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Listen, I love the fact that Paul doesn't beat around the bush here. He says, but through unbelief. He, he doesn't say without unbelief. If you sit in this room and you think your life needs to be without unbelief, you just become a robot, not a human. Our human reality is this, that we find faith through moments of unbelief. Remember last week, we looked at Abraham. He looks to the stars. He says, yes, God, it's beautiful. And it's accounted to him for righteousness. And then God says, now this is your land. And he says, but what if I don't inherit it? Through unbelief. Belief. Listen, all of us have moments of going through unbelief. But he held on to that promise. Listen, I want to speak to every person in the room that feels that maybe they're a little human every now and then. That you are in a place of faith. You're in a place of expectancy. You're in a place of fasting and prayer. And through unbelief, you come to the place of receiving. That is the promise, the reality that we have in our lives. The promises of God are laid there for us. And through unbelief, we achieve what God has. Through unbelief, not without it. Through unbelief, through the challenges, through, oh God, are we really getting through this? Oh God, can you help this child? Oh God, how am I going to get past this financial moment? Oh God. How am I going to be out of sow next week when I don't feel I'm ready to do that? Oh, God, how can I get past this? Oh, God, why is my situation not changed even though I've been standing for five years believing for something else? Oh, God, why is this going this direction when I really felt it was going to go that one? Through unbelief, he held the promise of God. Jackie Hill Perry said this, every single thing that he or God has ever said uh, or, or will ever say is true. The simplicity of faith is to take God's word for it. The simplicity of faith is to take God's word for the promise that he's laid out for our life. What are those promises? What are the promises? Are you convinced of the promises? Listen, if we take ourselves all the way back to Abraham... We take ourselves back to incredible promises, promises of justification, promises of the power of faith that brings salvation to our lives, promises of the blessings that were poured out upon Abraham and his children, promises there that work for our lives and who we are, that God has great promises there for us. But what are the promises he's speaking to you today? I look at some of the situations I face and the promises that he laid out three years ago that aren't yet completed to their fullest. Those promises are there. And there's been times when through unbelief, I've kept holding and praying and fasting over those promises. The great promises of God. Listen, I look at this guy, Abraham. He was a guy that understood this because all the way through his journey. And listen, I don't have time to go through all of Genesis here and give you the picture of Abraham. And I encourage you, if, if you want to grow and learn and understand in this, put yourself back into the book of Genesis. Read through the life of this guy. See the promises that were laid out for us. See the promises for your life. Go, go and see what he walked through. Because he did. He walked through unbelief. But continually he came back to faith. Listen, we see it time and time again. 
We'll see it in the moment when he went out and he conquered and he came back and he and runs into the priest of God. And the Bible says the first thing he does is he gives a tenth, a tithe of everything that he had just conquered. He comes and lays it before the priest. And then something powerful, even bigger than giving a tithe, he then turns to the king and says, listen, king, I give everything else back to you because I don't want there ever to be a place when you would say you've made me wealthy. He said, I know, I've lifted my hands, he says. I've lifted my hands to the God most high and he is the one that supplied all of my wealth. He is the one that has blessed everything in my life. He is the one that has given everything to me. Listen, when he got to the place of having to receive the promise at 100 years of age, he'd walked through many times of receiving promise and knowing that God would come through. That God would bless him. I look back to two years ago. Just recently, I, I looked at a, my, my prayer request card before I put it in the, in the platform here. From two years ago, and that prayer request card was that God would open doorways of blessing to my life. That I could be a blessing in a greater ability to sow into the kingdom of God. That I could be a blessing to people around me in a greater way. I could be a blessing to my extended family in a greater way. That was my prayer. You know, over those last two years and a little bit longer, uh, I just recently, funny story and sad financial management story, uh, I received an email from our finance department. And the email, the finance department said, would you like us to continually uh, giving your tithe of this amount uh, through your wage? I, I rang Wendy. I'm like, hey, Wendy, I thought we direct debited our tithes. She said, yeah, we do. And I'm like, I just got a message from the finance department asking, do you want me to continually take the tithe out of our wage every week as well? And Wendy's like, oh, Really? So I asked them, what's the amount you're taking? They told us, I'm like, okay, that's different to what we tithe. That's a different amount. Oh, wow. Uh, how long have you been doing that for? Oh, a number of years we've been doing that for. And Wendy and I did our budget, not by looking at our payslip, but by what comes into our account. And so we weren't looking at money that was coming out of our account. So we were tithing there, we're tithing here and giving above that. Wendy and I did some maths and realized for the last number of years, we're giving about 30% of our wage. And we did our maths and then they said, you want us to stop that? I said to Wendy, I don't know if I want to stop it. We have been so blessed. I have, over the last three years, seen the incredible blessing of God in such a way that I come back to that prayer request that I put on that cross, and I'm like, God, you fulfilled that more than I ever expected you could. I held on to a promise. I sowed when I didn't even mean to. I sowed above and beyond what I was even expecting. And you kept blessing me even more. You know, I, I came to the realization, as Abraham has done in this situation in his life, that God, listen, you are the source to all of my blessing. And when I have a word that I hold on to and the promise of God, listen, that he held on to. When there was no hope, I held in hope to that promise, that word, that was laid for my life. I want to speak to you today. Listen, we sometimes think, what do we hold on to? What do we need? You need a word from God. But I'll just do this. Pastor Tim did it. Don't hold my word. Don't give 30% because Pastor Tim said, don't ever do that. That's dangerous. What's God saying for you? What's God saying for you? He may be saying give 70%. Listen, I'm not telling you that that's what he's saying. I'm saying what is his word for your life? 
Listen, when we come here and we talk to you about faith, love, hope, we talk to you about getting prepared and ready, we come getting prepared and ready because what is God saying for you to give and to sow? I look and say, we would love to raise $100,000 to enlarge what we're doing here, to keep making a difference in our community, to keep blessing people for youth, for our, for our Tamil service, and for enlarging our second auditorium, for all of that stuff. That is wonderful and that's great, but what's God saying to you? This is why we help you prepare your life because it's the voice of God and the promises of God. Abraham attached himself to what? Not what was in front of him, not what he was hoping. He wasn't hoping to anything else because all hope was gone. But he hoped in the promise of God. What are the promises that you hold on to? I, I, I could list off promise after promise, scriptures that God has given me for my kids, scriptures that God has given me for my finances, scriptures that God has given me for my areas of my life, those promises that He's imprinted in my heart that I hold on to when things aren't going right. It's the promises of God. In verse 23, he says, Now it was not written for His sake alone that it was in." imputed to him but also for us listen the promises of God written and laid out for Abraham are imprinted in my life and in yours it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Listen, Paul shows us here and he's speaking to the Roman church. He says, through faith, you have this great access into grace. This grace for justification. But grace isn't just for justification. Grace now for living. Grace now for parenting. Grace now for leading your life. Grace now for outworking this. Listen, grace isn't a single moment in your life. Grace is outworked continually in the transformation of who you are every single day. And he wraps it up and actually comes back and does a reverse. And he says, not only that great grace, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let me wrap up this thought. Listen, he says this. He says, who contrary to hope, who when there was no physical hope, he remained in hope because of the word of God. He says, but not only that, that we would be in faith in the word, but we know this, that every day we walk through challenge and through challenge we persevere and through perseverance character is established and through character being established in our life, we come back to hope. Through all of the stuff that we go through, through the holding on to the promises of God, hope is what is established and faith in our lives. What does he say? Through all of the things that we go through, we get strengthened. We get strengthened. Listen, I look across this room. I see some strong believers that for many years have gone through challenge. I think of Walt. Walt gone through sickness over many years and stayed strong in faith and in the house of God, even when he's not well, sitting there just loving on God. I see others that have just scraped yourself into church. And, and I know your story. We've talked, we've prayed, we've stood in agreement for kids, grandkids, situations, finances. And through it all, you've stayed 
faithful and you persevered and God's building strength in you and bringing us to a place of hope. This is the challenge of walking with God and building and establishing and becoming strong. Listen, some of us are in the room saying, God, I just want to get to that place of strength. Listen, if you read what Paul says right here, he says to get in that place of strength is holding on when there's no hope and staying in hope anyway because I've spoken and I've promised you it's going to be okay. I promise you that he who begun a good work in your grandchild will complete it till the very end. I promised you that the promises and the blessings of God were there for your finances right now when your finances don't look in that place. I promised you healing to your heart because I'm the restorer of the soul, he says in, in the, the psalmist writes, and I promise to restore your soul even when there's no place of restoration. I promise to restore. And through perseverance, the character's built and into that place of hope where we hold on. And he says this, it was poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, this morning, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And if you don't know what Pentecost Sunday is, let me tell you, it is the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That birthed the church that we know today. It wasn't birthed by building buildings. It was birthed by the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in our lives and His Holy Spirit that washed hearts and lives and filled us with power. It was the great Holy Spirit that gave us the strength through grace, to persevere, to have character established and to bring hope to our lives. It was the great Holy Spirit that plucked us out of a place of hopelessness and brought hope to us. It was the great Holy Spirit that grabbed you when you were in that messy situation and you were away from God and you were the rotten one, that sheep that had gone away from the fold and you're in your mess and you're in your turmoil. There's a great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of that nightclub, great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of that situation, the great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of that relationship, the great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of ugliness, great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of the fact that you were just lost in your own world, doing your own thing and pulled you back into the house of God and set you back on the right path. It was the great Holy Spirit. Now we're established in faith. The great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of that culture of drinking. The great Holy Spirit that pulled you out of that ugly culture and back into His kingdom. It was the great Holy Spirit who has been poured out in our hearts and fills us with power. Listen, we are a Pentecostal church that believes there is power in the Holy Spirit. There is power to heal. There's power to deliver. There's power to transform. We believe the power that's in that great Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that calls us back to God every single day. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We wrap up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You call us back to yourself. You called us back. As Paul wrote there to the Roman church, it brings us back through grace. We thank you right now for maybe people in this room that don't know Christ, aren't walking with Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from Christ and today is a day you've called them back. They're not even sure what they're doing in church, but you've called them to yourself. And Jesus, I pray right now that in this moment you touch those hearts, touch those lives. With the great power of the Holy Spirit, you call them back to you. In Jesus' name, my heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We wrap up here this morning. If you don't know Christ, you're not walking with Jesus. You've walked away from Christ. You know today's the day to come back. I'd love you to give me a wave. I'd love to pray for you right in your seat. 
pray a simple prayer of invitation saying, God, I want you back in my life. I need you in my heart. I feel like that today across this room. Just give me a wave. Say, Pastor Tim, pray for me. Pray for me in my seat. Pray for me today. I need to come back to Christ. I need to come back in a relationship with Him. Anyone like that today? Quickly. Just say, Pastor Tim, yeah. Pray for me. Pray for me. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's your moment. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your great grace, your great mercy, my God. Thank you, my King. You're good. You're good. You're good. And we praise you in Jesus' wonderful name. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.